we are allowing the media to not just form our minds, but we are finding our identity through likes and follows and shares and retweets. And there's a danger there, obviously, because we've been created in the image of God, Imago Dei. And if we fill our time, the our eight hours with godlessness, well, then godlessness is going to come out. It's kind of like the idea of two dogs are in a fight. Whatever dog you feed the most, that one's going to win, as the old saying goes. Uh, to be clear, dog fighting is still illegal in America, and Mark is in no way, shape, or form endorsing the act. I, I'm not a dog fan. <laughs> Thank I'll you for that. Let you know. <laughs> I just didn't want him to get a bunch of emails. Okay, guys, I want you to guess what this sound is. Listen. That's you. Yeah, I hear it. Loud I was, I'd say you think we wouldn't recognize your voice? I mean, I've been working right with you for almost eight years. This is nuts. <laughs> Got like this weird high-pitched. Listen. What's that sound? You wiping out on the slope? <laughs> no, along with the sound. You mean that skiing? You're talking skiing. about skiing, Mark. Yes. Yeah. Along with the sound of Mark breathing while sleeping through his garage sale bought dentures. Uh, <laughs> garage sale bought dentures. <laughs> he, he hasn't I used told those in you a not to tell time. anybody that and you put it on the air. Mark, you actually guessed it, but it was skiing, but you Well you it was did. the hip movement that gave it away. <laughs> did I move you did. My You're all <laughs> <laughs> psychological move. <laughs> Uh, you 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 guessed it, but you didn't guess the specific element of what that was. That was me spraying Oscar with my snow <laughs> dust after he fell in Mammoth on the slopes in Mammoth. It's weird. I don't remember falling. Were you ashamed? <laughs> <laughs> Were you ashamed, Oscar, of how I destroyed you on the slopes? I the last thing I remember from the first day was the sound of shh. And then immediately following was, my back. <laughs> That's true. Did you get hurt? I remember all the I workout did. that you did. Well, these guys, you're right. I did work out and it did help. But these guys were like speed demons out there. Oscar's in shape. You're not. They're like psychopaths, honestly. And I'm trying to catch up to them. And I was going fast and I wiped out and hurt my back. That's the cool thing about California. You've got a choice to move from nice weather to very cold up in the mountains. Oh. Ken Ham sent us a video. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. it? Uh, ice had, rain? He had ice. ice rain. He ice had rain. like eight, eight feet of ice on his windshield that he was carving oh, through. Brutal. It was going to take oh. weeks. Yeah. You know, you need a, a, a flamethrower to, to get rid of it. It was just amazing. Can you imagine I was, out there with a flamethrower. I always say that everyone <laughs> vacations into good weather, but if you live in Southern California, we vacation into bad weather. Mm -hmm. We go into the snow and we go up to like – if we're in Seattle, we're like, oh, it's cloudy. How how nice. You know, we, we enjoy experiencing different weather when we travel. Unless but we, there are terrible earthquakes, gang problems, smog, and uh, overcrowding on the freeways to yeah. keep people away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep we them want away. to keep people away. Oh, it's okay. terrible out here. Don't join us. I'll take that over freezing any day. Ray, remember when you and I went to Alaska years ago? <laughs> Do you remember that? Why are you yeah, laughing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we left here. It was like 90 degrees. We landed in Alaska. It was in the winter. It was like 32 degrees. No, not that, below that. But anyway, it was freezing. It was like a winter wonderland. We go to a restaurant. We walk out. There's a moose in the parking lot. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm like, that's how you know you're not in California. And what's Ray do? Goes up to the moose like it's a kitten. Stop it. Hey, moose, hey, moose, hey, moose, hey. 
Did you really? Oh, great. No, it's I did not say you. here, Moosey, Moosey. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I went up to get a close-up with my camera, and just because they kill people, Easy was upset. What's the big deal? It's just like an atheist. He's walking up. To, oh, yeah, right, yeah, Moosey, Moosey, Moosey. No, remember when you went on the back of that bull? And he said, whatever you do, just don't grab him by the horns. No, no, no one told me not to grab by the horns. That was an instinct because I ride a bike. And when the oh. when it started to buck, there was obviously handlebars in front of me, and I just grabbed them. Yeah. I thought, why don't they do that in rodeos? Is it because it's like, called a steer? <clears throat> I, yeah, I guess so. That yeah. must be it. Oh, boy. Do you guys know we're doing a show today? No, no hang on. I, I remember not. Kirk saying he grabbed the horns. He said it five times in a row. Was, I grabbed the bull by the horns. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, today, friends, for the one of you that is still listening, we are <laughs> talking mom. about the Christian's relationship to media consumption. That sounded smooth. Consumption. Consumption, guys. That's a mouthful. Isn't that a disease? It sounds a disease. Didn't, consumption. Didn't, he died of the consumption. Didn't Spurgeon have consumption? Gout? Is it the same thing as a gout? It could be. I might be wrong. I might be I saying think you're right. wild goose chase. Yeah, but it's pretty painful. So yeah, consumption. media consumption is appropriate. Yeah, so, you know, I'm really excited about talking about this topic because um, it, it's an area where I think a lot of Christians wrestle, struggle, and sin, mm-hmm. to be honest. And I think it's one that, that, that needs to be addressed because it's one that I think is hindering a lot of believers from growing, from being good witnesses, and from using their time in a way that honors the Lord. It's tuberculosis. What? <laughs> Consumption is tuberculosis. Yeah. Squirrel. That's how David Brainerd Squirrel, did. Ray Comfort. We just got into the thick of the show. Oh, yeah, man. Consumption. Yeah, Spurgeon. Hey, there's a good picture of Spurgeon right there. That's new. That's mm-hmm. a squirrel. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you squirreled it. Okay, so guys, really, this is, uh, man, this is, we didn't have this problem to the degree that people have it today because we had just limited access. Ray, how many channels in New Zealand on TV when you were there? The, when, when I was a kid, there was two. <laughs> I knew you'd mock, but there was a time when America was similar to that. Yeah. You know, wow. Way back in the 50s, there were three channels. Yeah, yeah. ABC, CBS, and NBC, I think. So uh, things have kind of changed. They've got access, was, and, and they wear shoes, and they've heard of the Beatles. For Ray, there was the news, and then there were the Sheep Herders Guide, right? That's the only two channels you guys had. <laughs> yeah, we had, I mean, even here, though, back in the, well, 80s, it was before cable. We yeah. had basically channels 2, 5, 4, 9, 11, 13. There were locals. There were local channels. Yeah. So then you had, you Most know, some were local. National, yeah. yeah. But even Fox came later. Channel yeah. 11 was the last one, I believe. Oh, yeah, 11. That's right. You know, you, you talk about channels. You think about how when they started talking about the reality that there would be one TV in every household in America hmm. and how that one TV in every household in America would radically transform the landscape of the American mind. That was the conversation. Well, now we have one supercomputer in every pocket of America wow. with far more content to consume than there ever was on those TVs in that one room in that one household. Is it true they say that like the power we have in our phones would have needed rooms worth yeah. of hardware? And The iPhone has more technology than the Voyager 
the spacecraft that we sent out to the outer parts of our solar system. We, no. we have out. more technology. You weren't even born when that happened. We sent out. Are you 11 <laughs> yet, Oscar? <laughs> yeah. Us human beings. <laughs> yes, I turned 11. Isn't it nice, though, to get mocked for how young you are rather uh, than how old? They will not mock me for my youth. That is the Bible verse <laughs> yeah. I have written on my heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, technology now, what we have, what what – it's unreal. And I think we've gotten desensitized to it. It's funny. I I was, we went out to dinner with some friends the other night and he has a Tesla. Jlambo and Pansisi and Falambo and Baralugu. And they have a Tesla. All 11 of them fit in it. That's no, no, that's one name abbreviated last name. Um, (laughs) This is like the craziest episode. We're like 10 minutes in. Mark Mayab. But this is the thing. Um, we were in their Tesla, and I was saying to them, you know, there's going to – like to us, to our kids right now, right, our teenagers and stuff, uh, autonomous cars are a novel thing, right? It's a newer thing. But they've only ever known cell phones existing. And I was just saying how, you know, our grandson, who's now almost 10 months old, to him, autonomous cars will be – like a cell Normal. phone. Exactly. Yeah. Like the cell phones are our teenagers. Like, what do you mean? You guys yeah. used to actually drive your car, you know? And I was, I was, and I say that because I was driving my friend's Tesla or rather his Tesla was driving me. I mean, have you guys, have you guys ever sat and let, and then, you know, in auto mode in a Tesla? Yes. It's scary. Oh man. It's so scary, but the most glorious thing in the universe. I mean, the thing is like driving me. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, I was sitting in my friend's submarine the other day, and we were talking about – I just wanted to one-up you. Yeah. When I was riding on my friend's nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah. the other day. You know what, though? This is space. a hugely important conversation to have because it, it comes down to being an issue of uh, discipleship and shaping and training our hearts to, to believe, to know, and to love certain things. So if you think about it, for most of the church's history – the most amount of consumption of any kind of external content you had was on a Sunday with your pastor, mm-hmm. right? But nowadays, most Christians out there, they've got about an hour maybe of preaching, of consumption, if you will, of content that's glorifying to God and that's edifying to their souls. And then they walk out that door and I looked it up. The average American screen time per day is eight and a half hours. Wow. Eight and a half hours of Amer- wow. of screen time is how much the average person spends a day. So you've got YouTube, you've got podcasts, you've got Spotify, you've got it all. And the thing is, the algorithms are designed not to put rich, god honoring content in front of you, but to put outrage in front of you, mm. to put stuff in front of you that's going to bring out the sinful desires of your heart. Right, right now, we have this weird combination of not just entertainment and not just news, but we have infotainment, right? The stuff that we watch and that we listen to, it's infotainment. We think it's information, but it's really information that's packaged in a way that entertains our sinful desires. And so for each one of us, sorry, go ahead, Ray. That eight, eight, eight and a half hours? Eight and a half Was hours. that including those that use their computers for business all day? Uh, I don't wow. believe I so because it was just right? mobile devices. Just that was mobile just devices. Yeah. people on their phones. I, I don't almost believe that because when I'm riding around, I see everyone just holding on to their phone. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you guys remember when they came out with little portable TVs? 
like back in the day. Mm-hmm. They were like the little, you kind of carried it like a radio. And With that an was like they're all only, the they're rage. They were only $70 or $80. Yeah, and they were like black yeah. and white, yeah. you know, too, I think at first. But that was like all the rage. I carry TV around with me, you know? I mean, think of, it's not just that the phone has so surpassed that. It's mobility, number one. But number mm-hmm. two, the access to, relatively speaking, I mean, it's hyperbole, but endless, limitless content. It's crazy. Right. And we're, and we are lowercase g gods of content because the thing is, is that I can go on my phone and pull up whatever I want whenever I want. And it'll, cons- and, it, and I, it will tap at whatever inner, inner desire that I have. So if I want to rabbit trail on some random conspiracy theory, there's a hundred videos and hours of content out there that will cater to my desires, right? Yeah. I'm a lowercase g god of content. And the church and people, for that matter, uh, the, one, the church has a major responsibility to determine how do we disciple in an age where people are spending eight and a half hours a day with that kind of content. Yeah, and more, they're only spending an hour at church. On more Sunday. than one third of their, of their day. Yeah. Ray, um, let's step on some toes. I really want to step on some toes in this, in this episode, really. Ouch. Um, literally. Uh, but... Ray, there's there seems to be a desensitization to what Christians are watching, what Christians are reading, what Christians are listening to. And I know this bothers you a lot. So talk about it. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, a $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. You mean the whole thing that we've been programmed to want everything quickly? Well, yeah, but also what we're watching, what Christians yeah, I, are watching. I've been discerning since Biden got in, because abortion so grieves me beyond words, I, I, we deleted all of our news channels, just wow. deleted the lot. And now I, it's taken about a year for me to kind of creep back, and now I go into the internet and just pull up what I want to read. But I'm just so horrified. I don't want to hear people boasting and gloating how they're winning when it comes to abortion. Hmm. That just grieves me. So... um what we've got to remember is that with media, if it bleeds, it leads, comes first, because that's what brings in the money. We're, we're attracted to, to violence and things. And if I said, guys, don't look now, terrible accident over there, we'd all be craning our necks to look at this terrible accident. Mm. Where? Over there. Oh, wow. Because for some reason, good news isn't good news to us. Bad news is good news. Because I, I, I get a stuff.com, which is a New Zealand website, so I can keep on what's going keep on what's going and uh, keep up on what's going back in our hometown. And they've got so much bad news on their homepage, they put a little box that said, here's some good news. <laughs> I have never, <laughs> ever clicked on it. 
Wow. Uh, it's been weeks. Never bothered because I'm not interested in good news. Yeah. It's bad news that, that gets my attention, as with everybody else. And what that can do is have a negative effect because it's not so whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever things are uh, um, wholesome, whatever the scripture is. Um, think on these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've got to be discerning as to what we take in because it can have a depressing negative effect. Right. But Mark, uh, along with that, that's one aspect of it, the, the negative, the depression, you know, the, the stuff that kind of may be attractive because it's exciting or whatever. The, 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 the godless content, the blasphemous content, the explicit content that it seems to me more and more Christians have zero discernment on mm -hmm. or problem with. Yeah, we, we are being desensitized. I think one of the problems is we are allowing the media to not just form our minds, but we are finding our identity through likes and follows and shares and retweets. And there's a danger there, obviously, because we've been created in the image of God, Imago Dei. And if we fill our time, the our eight hours with godlessness, well, then godlessness is going to come out. It's kind of like the idea of two dogs are in a fight. Whatever dog you feed the most, that one's going to win, as the old saying goes. Uh, to be clear, dog fighting is still illegal in America, and Mark is no way, shape, or form endorsing the act. I, I'm not a dog fan. <laughs> Thank uh, you for that. I'll let you know. <laughs> I just didn't want him to get a bunch of emails. You know, Tony Ranke from Desiring God, he said, we seek new noise to avoid ourselves. Mm. We, we fill our, our time listening to anybody that's willing to speak except for God. Yeah. So we need to be careful, not just what we take in, but how we take in what we take in. And Luke 6 says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You are going to regurgitate the things that you meditate and simmer long at. Tony Ranke, he went on to say, we use the noise of media in our lives to drown out the things we would rather not face. Wow. We'd rather watch somebody else live their life than us live our lives with vlogs and YouTube. You, I mean, Oscar mentioned it earlier. I mean, we, we can get down a vortex of watch one video, then it leads into another video, and then another video, then another video. I try to only limit what I watch uh, during certain times. It's a break, it's a meal time, and really that's it. Yeah. But when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm at home with the family, I'm with the family. If I'm studying, I'm studying. I, I can't do that because I will easily get caught going down a vortex and you don't know what's uh, clickbait and what's not because yeah. you can easily find something and see something that you can't easily remove out of your mind. Do you guys also think there's this element of, I don't want to miss out? And what I mean by that is it seems like every year there's some kind of new app, some kind of new social media app you know, to be a part of. I mean, Facebook was a big thing. Then you got Twitter. Then you got Instagram. Then you got yeah. Snapchat. Then you got LinkedIn. I mean, it just, it's, yeah, it just, it's endless. First to market type thing. And it feels like everyone wants to jump on this new thing so they're not missing out, so that they're connected. You multiply your time split by all those things and, and seeing the new messages and the comments and commenting and posting and waiting for people to respond. I mean, it could just eat, eat your life up. Yeah. 
Ray, sorry, you're going to say something. Yeah, we're talking about media tuberculosis. Um, <laughs> um, Acts 17.21, all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or hear of some new thing. Mm. <laughs> when I first read it, I thought, what a pack of silly guys. They're like a whole stack of elderly women sitting around knitting circle gossiping, but that's exactly what we're like now. We sit around talking yeah. about new things. We mm. have newspapers. TV news, breaking news, news feeds, and it's, always, and it's not always bad news. Did you guys hear about the two guys in Florida who uh, called the police because they wanted to film them um, being violent? What? Yeah, they called them and they said there's two guys at a gas station and they've got coke in their trunk. Police come out and deal with it. And so the police came out and it was just a setup to film the police and they'd put cans of Coke in their trunk. Oh, you're kidding me. And they wanted to get their YouTube channel more views. And the police saw it on the YouTube channel oh, and arrested them. <laughs> <laughs> Did they really? See, now that's fascinating. That's not bad news. That's yeah. fun news, but it just grips us. Did you guys hear about this? And it's, no. it's new. It's a new thing we want to hear about. Yeah. And it's just in the I've always been fascinated how a magazine like The Inquirer could succeed. And it, it was huge. I don't know if it's still around or Absolutely. whatever. The is there sun. an element of truth to it? Perhaps? Yeah, like what is it? Wife's varicose veins for map leading to hidden treasure. <laughs> Did oh, you see that? Incredible. Or it's <laughs> always like, you know, some creature washed up with a human head yeah. and yes. the body of an octopus or something. But you know what? But, it's, but a lot of it is false stupidity. Uh -huh. Where was that easy? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. If you go on, just go on YouTube and look at the kinds of thumbnails that are made that cause you to click on them. I know. It's all the same stuff. So dumb. I've and then you it and click like, on it and I it's only on half true, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're still, the thing is, is that we are, our sinful desires makes us want to observe the outrage. And, uh, and, and everything online gravitates us towards that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... This is a, the thing that, that grieves me, I think, as a believer, is seeing how many Christians, again, have no issue with the content of what they're consuming. It's one thing to talk about how much time is spent watching things and getting distracted, and, but, but the filth that Christians are entertaining, the blasphemy, the, the profanity, the, the violence, the, it, it's unreal. You know, I mean... I, I, I've been getting this sense, like as an example, and again, let's step on toes. A lot of lot of Christians are avid listeners of Joe Rogan. Okay, I can, I can hear him for about thirty seconds. I I, I don't understand it. I, I've never really listened to his show. I've caught clips here and there from people, but um, would you go on a show and be interviewed? Would I go and be interviewed on a show? Oh, I'd love that. Share the gospel, absolutely. Mm. But. Would I entertain myself right. with Joe Rogan? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to understand this. All that I hear from people, and I, yeah, I've probably you're saying like on the here. regular, right? I mean, because if he's discussing a subject, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, but if he's discussing a subject with a specific person, say Jordan Peterson, and Jordan, I was, I was told Jordan Peterson was on his show recently, and he was praising. Uh, the Bible and how the Bible is the ultimate source of authority. And it sounded totally like a presuppositionalist. You would go and you would listen to it and you would sit through the vulgar language and everything has to do in order to see what is being said here and then perhaps use that as a springboard in a conversation for witnessing. Because we do it all the time. Right. I'm not talking about... On a regular. And I, and I... That's research. That's not entertainment. I may, right. I may have shared this on a previous program where I talked about, um, you know, if, if we 
if we must listen to certain things, we do it with a redemptive purpose, right? Right. I'm talking about entertainment. I'm not just going on my commute listening to Howard Stern. Exactly. But but there are people that are consuming Joe Rogan. I'm using him as one example. On the regular, without filter, avid listeners, avid fans. And this is because of his language. What's because that? of his foul language. It's a language. It's the worldview. It's the... Because he's not conservative. He really isn't. That's what I'm saying. But conservatives are flocking but to I'm him. Talking but about- even if he was conservative... Yeah. What difference does that make? Well, based on the content, perhaps things that he's going to want to talk about. Because he's not conservative, he's liberal, he's not leftist. Some say that he's leaning towards the center, but he is so anti-God as far as you can imagine. He's, he's pro-abortion. Pro-abortion, yeah. right? He um, Pro-homosexuality, pro-transgenderism. Pro- yep. So again, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it, like how we as believers... It's the freedom of speech, easy. Allow ourselves That's why people like to get... Like discipled and influenced by key. people. So here's the thing: I'm I'm thinking somebody might be out there like, well, what difference does it make if I listen to Joe Rogan? Uh, like, why why does that really matter? And it's important for us to realize the fallen nature of our human condition. And one of the aspects, or maybe it's not even actually. Let me take it back. It's not even the fallen nature of our human condition. It's the way God has wired us. He has wired us to be shaped and shepherded by an outside authority. And our hearts are always being shaped and shepherded by something, right? We are always following someone or something. Like I love, in my neighborhood, all these like dudes like to wear these shirts to say like, not a sheep. And I'm always laughing. So I'm like, you don't, like, did you make up that phrase? (laughs) No. Did you make up that company that sold you that shirt? So you're following somebody. We're all sheep. That's my point. We are all sheep and we are all being shepherded by somebody. And my thing is that if you're spending eight and a half hours a day, Joe Rogan, I think they're like an hour and a half long each or two hours long each, whatever the case. Three Three? hours? Okay. I don't know. The point is this. If you spend that much time listening to a non-believer with a non-believer worldview, it's not even the language, it's his worldview, or anybody else, plug in any other name besides Joe Rogan. The point is, you are now being discipled by somebody or something that doesn't push you towards the glory of God. Bingo, I mean, you nailed it. That's it, you are being discipled. You're discipled by everything that you watch, listen, and read, everything. We are always continually being discipled. And easy, you had mentioned, it's the whole idea when we disciple our kids and we fill the bookshelves with books, there's no room for anything else. Yeah. Right. So when the world comes in and tries to speak into our kids' lives, you literally have to take that book off the shelf right. to put up that new book of information. And I think the reason why conservatives are flocking towards Joe Rogan, especially during this time, is because he's a proponent for freedom of speech. Whereas that has been removed from us with the big tech. Yeah. See, I, and, the reason why, and the reason why I said, like, what does it matter if it's conservative is because my thing is, is it actually, I, I would say, even if you replaced not, like, even if all you did was listen to conservative stuff, it's still not something that's going to gravitate you towards God. Yeah. Politics should not supplant yeah. God's authority in your life. For sure. Since Psalm 1 comes into play, blessed is the man who walks not on the council. Got it right God. here. Ray, that gave me the chills. I was just going to ask you to comment on that. Yeah, Psalm and one. <laughs> wow. Todd Friel, there's a whole stack of people like Todd out there that can edify yeah. and turn you to the Word of God and, and exalt Christ instead of doing the opposite. Um, I, I think what I have to do is I have to deliberately set my bounds yeah. Yes. and say, I'm a disciple of Christ. I walk in the sight of fear of the Lord, and that's my bounds. If anyone blasphemes 
Lord's name, I, I don't care how good it is, how interested I am, I'm turning it off because yeah. I'm not mine. I'm bought with a price. Ray, you just I think you just said something that is probably, if anybody could take something away from this episode, it's the practicality of having intentional discipline behind how we consume content. And so I've mentioned before um, Brett McCracken's book, The Wisdom Pyramid. And in it, he he uses food, like the food pyramid, as an example of the way we should consume content. And, you know, we listen, we, we all like to have, you know, lava cake. What was that thing that you wanted us to have in New York? A souffle, chocolate souffle. Chocolate souffle. Like we all want to have some chocolate souffle sometimes, right? Yeah. Something delicious. But if you fill your entire... Um, your entire food around all of these candies and stuff, it's going to be bad for you, right? Yeah. And so at the end of the day, the vast majority of us, the default mechanism is to receive entertainment, information, and discipleship from YouTube, Twitter, podcasts even. And the reality is that God's word makes it clear, someone makes it clear, that we are to first and foremost receive the biggest amount of our consumption of content needs to come from the word of God. Yeah. And then from there, from God's natural creation. And then from there, maybe a good book. But what we do is we invert the process. The vast majority of us get the vast majority of our content from Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and that's bad for our souls. You know, all the stuff that we listen to is um, because of conflict, like Whoopi Goldberg and what happened to her. We're all talking about The View and Whoopi Goldberg. It's just the yeah. news thing, and it's good for their program. Right. And same with Joe Rogan. We're talking about him. People are talking about him. And we've got to realize that the media, even when they have an interview with some passive guy, they'll go out and search for someone who has the opposite of you. He's for a round earth. They'll find someone who's in for a square earth. Mm. Put them together. <laughs> so they've got conflict, which makes good news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, it's not just now we're talking about podcasts and listening to influencers in that regard, but it goes beyond that. You know, it goes to, to, the movies that we might watch, the TV shows that we might watch, the music that we might listen to. And I've just sensed more than ever within the American Christian culture, there is this laxity and this permissiveness. And if you challenge it to any degree, you're a legalist. Mm. You know what, what drives me crazy about that is there are so many other arenas of life where People who discipline themselves toward a certain goal are praised and lauded, right? Like who comes up to the guy who says, yeah, man, I'm, I'm exercising every day. I go to bed early so that I can wake up with vitality. I uh, watch, you know, the things that I eat, so on and so forth. We look at a guy like that and go, oh, good job. Wow, that's great, you know? But when a Christian says, hey, I'm careful about what I watch. I'm careful about what I listen to. Uh, I'm careful about where I go because I want to honor the Lord and glorify him. We look at him with this sideway view of like, oh, you must be a legalist. That, that just, that really grieves me. It drives you crazy. We wonder what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But no, I'm just saying like, look, we need to step back and say, what are we doing as Christians? Like, how are we honoring the Lord? Um, I mentioned a movie uh, on YouTube a really bad movie, and in the comments people say, yeah, that movie was really bad, but I was watching it, I realized, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Walk out of it the first time. They Don't pay Hollywood to blaspheme God's name. Here's what I would say, too. Before you even walk out of it, go online and find out what's in it. We, yeah. we all, we have those resources. I've been plugged yeah. in online as one of them. That'll tell you, is there profanities, is there blasphemy, are there sex scenes? 
you know, <laughs> don't need us. <laughs> well, right. I mean, what kind of question is that? But but guys, I I really I'm really concerned where where we're going as believers. And here, let me tell you why I'm concerned, especially in, in terms of influence, because as parents, we have to remember the next generation always takes it further. Yeah. Always takes it a step further. How could they? Well, we, we found a way. <laughs> yeah. What I mean by that is if we ask as parents, as an example, are lax about what we watch in our home, movies with blasphemy or or or, or sex scenes or whatever, our kids are seeing that. They're going to just take it a step further. Yeah. And they're just going to be like, oh, well, what I mean by that is watching movies that are maybe even more edgy or yeah. listening to things that are more edgy or, you know, whatever. And the media and, drives itself to become more edgy. Yeah. Right. Here's, here's the other thing too, though, about that is that um, blasphemy and language and sexuality, like don't walk, run from that stuff. But even beyond that, we have to discern, we've talked about this sto- before, we have to discern the kind of stories that we consume because there are plenty of stories. There are plenty of movies and TV shows and music out there that doesn't have any of those three or four things that you just mentioned. Uh-huh. But if the story is not gravitating you towards God's redemptive plan for you and from the people around you, then then it's pulling you away from that. And so that's my big thing is that we spend so much time consuming stories that are not bringing us joy and bringing God glory. Yeah. And and that is an issue in and of itself. And so the the kind of stories that, you know, again, like you you mentioned conservative, like I would say the political story that's out there is whether it's conservative or not, is a story that's not about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's about power and politics. And even that, even if it's good stuff, even if it's true, it's still pulling away from the glory of God. And a waste of time. And a waste of time. Listen to uh, John MacArthur concerning Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. He says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Then he goes on to say... Paul's exhortation has massive implications for how we interact with social media. For one day, we will stand before Christ to give an account for how we used his resources, including our time and energy. So with that in mind, how much of this life can justifiably be devoted to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and the like for just a few hours each day over the course of a lifetime adds up to years Hmm. of wasted opportunity chasing the wind yeah that's heavy and you think of what it says in ephesians 5 8 through 17 for you were once darkness but now you are light in the lord walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness righteousness and truth finding out what is acceptable to the lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret Mm -hmm. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you what light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as wise, but as not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Boy, you don't want to stop with scripture. It's just beautiful. I know. And you, you think about that though, right? Having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And that's what I see our interfacing and interactions with these different media sources is. It's fellowship. We're Amen. entering yeah. 
into a form of fellowship because it's not, again, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm researching, I'm trying to understand this so right. that I know how to engage the culture. And I'm also not talking about, hey, you can never watch anything secular, never listen to anything right, secular, right, not right. at all. It depends on what it is and it depends on whether or not it has a redemptive purpose in it. I've watched a lot of secular movies uh, <gasps> through, through something we use called uh, VidAngel or ClearPlay, which removes any, any blasphemy or, or bad language or any bad scenes. And we found great redemptive uh, value in those that have inspired us, encouraged us, given us an understanding on, on things, a perspective on things. Les Miserables. Les, oh, Les Miserables. That's one of my favorite movies. I love it too, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what are you Cristo. laughing at? Love it. The way he said it. Oh, yeah. Amazing. What did I do? He said, Mirrors are. Well, you wait till you get to heaven. God's going to speak with a New Zealand accent. You can all repent. Right. Right. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, though, it's, it's, um, there are things like that, mm-hmm. you know, Count of Monte Cristo. That's another good example. You know, you it's can walk best. away inspired. I want to, man, I want to be a man of integrity. I want to honor God. I want to love, have compassion. You know, what are you whispering? Well, from? I took French in school and I really thought I did that the French pronunciation. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Mark, you, you are a You don't French add the expert. blah. You don't? No. There's no blah. Do you speak French? Les, I mean, I, most I people just call it Les Mis. Les Miserables. I took four years of French. <laughs> you did? Do you know what it means? I have French yeah, the miserable. Um, the miserable. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, Colossians 3, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And then down in verse 5, it says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Mm. So we put to death, but yet we entertain, yeah. right? We, mm. we are entertained by the <laughs> things for which put Christ on the cross. We, we need to be careful with that. We need to have our antennas up and we need to, for the sake of, as, as you mentioned, allow people to look at us as being legalistic for the sake of saving our soul and the kids that are looking at us, that are studying us. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say, forget about what people think of you. Seriously, make a plan for the way that you consume content. I mean, think mm-hmm. to yourself, an average of eight and a half hours a day. So think about, I think the plan has to be like, what am I going to consume? When am I going to consume it? And how much of it am I going to consume? So that you avoid those moments when you're in the grocery store and you're waiting in line and all of a sudden you're scrolling social media, yeah. right? Was that a part of your plan? Is that a part mm. of your discipline? Is that redemptive? Right. And then what are you consuming? I know that we re- referenced someone and I just want, I mean, it's only six verses. I just want to read it real quick because I really yeah. think this is a fantastic foundation for how we consume content online. Here's how it goes. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but he delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that wind drives away. Therefore, The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Hmm. I'm I'm vying for an Oscar Navarro audio Bible version. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm looking at my screen time right now for on my on my phone where I spend the most time. And I have camera, 
because I do interviews. I have Bible as number two, Outlook for emails, messaging, and then I finally get down to Instagram, uh, which is eight minutes a day is what I'm averaging. Mm -hmm. And then Facebook, seven minutes a day. So this includes my public Facebook page and uh, Instagram page for content, for the purpose of trying to give out uh, good content. So right now I'm averaging 15 minutes a day on social media wow. for my phone. Is that good or is that bad? No, the answer is, well, what are you doing with those 15 minutes? Because you can spend one minute on Instagram, it could be not well spent yeah. because of where you put your attention. Yeah, and look, you know, I believe recreation is a gift from God. I believe it's good to watch something that has entertainment value that that helps us relax, you know. But again, it's all within measure, mm -hmm. right? Like if that's if that's a big bulk of what we do and how we live our lives, we are foolish, and we're we're also depriving ourselves of building a solid foundation to be effective for the Lord. Man, time is short. Our, our life is but a vapor. It's hot breath on cold air. We see it, it's gone. There are souls to win. There are people to impact. And the more we intake in terms of what is edifying and what is healthy and righteous, the more we have to give. I found a compromise with the entertainment. What's um, that? I have an earplug in my right ear. I edit while we watch rugby every night. Left ear is open to my wife and to what's going on on the television. And when there's a cheer from the crowd, I look up from edit and I see the score. So <laughs> that is a uh, compromise. Yeah. It's, it's uh, hard to watch a movie inside my house. You know, people are watching a movie without me uh, working on my laptop or doing something. I can't just sit there and do this. I think I'm kind of like that in church as well, though. Yeah. I'm like multitasking, you know, answering emails, preparing sermons, and doing things. <laughs> watching <laughs> football. <laughs> Uh, watching football. Uh, no, not in church, just during podcasts. Yeah, during the podcast. Uh, you know, I think the key, guys, is intentionality. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier, Oscar, have a plan for your media consumption, you know. Um, and we're not, guys, look, those of you that are listening, we're not trying to control anybody's life. We're not trying to put a guilt trip on anyone. Um, we want you to be thinkers and and just to step back and take inventory not to be afraid of the pain that sometimes is necessary in order to grow and to glorify the Lord, you know? And so I, I do try to be intentional in my life. You know, when I jog to the gym, I'm listening to scripture. When I'm working out, I'm listening to scripture. When I'm driving, I'm reciting through the books that, that I've memorized. Um, you know, yesterday I was standing in line at the bank and I have a daily regiment and discipline. I read through the Psalms once a month and through Proverbs once a month, along with other things. But I'm standing in line in the bank. It's like a 10, 15 minute wait. I read five Psalms and a proverb almost, you know? Right. And so it's just being intentional mm -hmm. and doing those things, again, not to check off items on the list, but because we want to know God's will, his word. We want to draw closer to him. We want to be people of prayer who inter intercede for others, right? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm -hmm. Do we believe that? It'll be evidenced by how much we pray, you know? Yeah. You mentioned effectiveness. It's also for your joy, right? Right. The glory of God is it will bring about joy in your life. And so take a survey of your life. Is the content that you're consuming bringing you joy or anxiousness and frustration? I had this moment the other day, full confession. I took my kids to the beach and we're sitting down and I got stuck on my phone like a foolish 
everyone's stay by the way for those who can't see because there's no video i said i have a confession and everyone leaned in real close to me <laughs> but i'm sitting there you know scrolling and i get stuck on a news cycle about newsome and i get stuck about this and i'm looking at that and i'm like man california is getting so liberal and now i'm thinking about where i live as this liberal perspective and then i like look up and there are my kids playing in the sand at the beach mm-hmm. with palm trees waving around and 75 degree weather weather and the sun's glistening on the water and i'm like there's nothing liberal about this place. Mm-hmm. God has blessed me with this place. And if I put my phone away, I move away from anxiousness and frustration mm-hmm. to just enjoying God's gift of being present with my kids at the beach. So take a survey. Look yeah. at your life and think to yourself, am I being directed and shepherded by a shepherd that is Jesus, that is Psalm 23, bringing me towards places of joy and comfort and rest? Or am I being shaped and shepherded by something out there that's bringing me frustration and anxiousness and and putting me at war and strife with the world around me? Did you have to mention the governor's name? (laughs) (laughs) You know, a good litmus test on whether or not you should take a break from social media, which is very healthy from time to time. It's kind of like fasting. You know, when Jesus said, uh, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast. So it's understandable That's that good, we yeah. do fast on a regular basis and we do pray. Uh, something I wrote last night, you know, real quick, it's a sentence. If you're more concerned with getting followers than making followers of Christ, well, then you may need to take a break from social media. Mm. Who's following me? Who liked this thing? Right. I, I told uh, a family member, I said, I try never to look at the likes when somebody uh, likes one of my posts. Mm. They either like it or they don't like it. I'm not doing it uh, to get that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Ray, you cited I like it that. earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Philippians 4 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Yeah. And that really is the list of things that we should look at when we're considering what it is we're watching, what it is we're reading, what it is we're listening to. And we have to ask ourselves, is this scratching my base uh, sinful instincts? Or or is this edifying my soul and building me up in Christ? And there is what scripture calls friendship with the world, you know, and, and that's James 4, 4, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. What is friendship? It's engaging in such a way that you are making the world's ways your ways. You're adopting the way of the world and are by extension, a friend of the world. You know, and 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 also a lover of the world. First John two fifteen. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Loving the world is finding joy and pleasure in the things of the world that are opposed to God's word and God's ways. And so, I think we need to really, really seek God on this and think about the next generation. Our children are watching what we watch, and meaning that they're watching us in terms of what we're watching. And I'm telling you, it's it's almost without exception that the next generation takes it a step further. And we need to be careful of that and honor the Lord. 
All right, that does it. Don't ruin a good program. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that, friends, make sure to check out Ray's devotional books that will help you to get your mind focused on truth. Uh, He has one that that deals with the things that Jesus talked about, Jesus in red. Uh, He has one on Proverbs, think on these things. And uh, these are powerful, powerful devotionals that will greatly impact you. Any others, Ray, that I may have forgotten? Yeah, comfort something. Yeah, uh, comfort something. <laughs> oh, uh, my comfort is Jesus. Yeah, that's my comfort, my comfort is Jesus. Is Jesus. Oh, when, when well, also the other one, how book. to train your memory. Yeah, when you've written so many books, you can't remember the You know the titles. nice thing about Ray's devotionals, though, is that they're, they're short to get through on your daily devotional. Um, unlike its author, who's very tall, Mm. And it is, I saw you, I saw that joke coming, so I beat you to it, Ray. Uh, they're short in the sense that if you're not a long reader, you can you can sit down and read it in a minute, a minute and a half. Yeah. But they're also packed with really good stuff, with rich um, words that point you to the Lord. And so um, it's, a, it's a powerful way to med- meditate on God's truths. Amen. Yeah, good, good job, Ray. Ray just pulled out some cash. <laughs> and it's... Uh, so yeah, so so check those out at livingwaters.com. Also, please make sure to continue to uh, subscribe to the podcast for those of you that haven't and to continue to share the podcast and to also give us comments and to, to give us ratings. Uh, and it, it seems like we have, it seems like the amount of people that listen to the podcast versus subscribe is about 25% of the people who listen to the podcast are subscribed to the podcast. Yeah. So we're talking to you, yeah. 75% yeah. listener. Yeah, yeah, you, you. Guys, please be nice. Like, <laughs> Leave us a comment. Give us a rating. It really, it, well, those comments really bless us. Uh, they encourage us. So say nice things uh, about me. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Living Waters Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> apologize in advance for that sorry how do you well that's that's a good voice right there (laughs) okay i think that's enough Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.